And welcome back. It's another episode of Brandon and Lindsay have a podcast now. It's our fourth episode. Your face is not on screen. It doesn't matter. Let me back that up. Back that thing up there. Okay. Okay. All people pouring in. All right. Uh, As usual, it's time for the theme song. This week, Lindsay will be bringing the theme song to you. I am not singing. Go ahead and kick it, Lindsay. Ready? No. I'm the backup dancer. The podcast. The podcast. Brandon and Lindsay got a podcast. There we go. All right. Welcome to Brandon and Lindsay have a podcast now. Tenth Planet Perry says this is my favorite Thursday routine. The Chauncey said, back that thing up for real. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so first things first, huge thank you to all you guys. The podcast is going really well so far. <laughs> it's going well. Like, and that's good. We're the, having fun. The numbers have been uh, actually really surprising to me how how well it is going. So, yeah, it's it's been awesome. Oh, it's Josh Marsh. What's up, Josh Marsh? Hey, Josh. Keith Cavanaugh said, "Sensei Smush" and "Sensei No Space" on the mic. Yeah, I'm. You're Sensei No Space. No space. Yeah, I eliminate all the spaces. Hmm. It just it doesn't have the same. I know. It needs, alliter- it needs an, an alliteration. Because you got Scaff. What is he? Sensei, sensei strangle. strangle, and I'm Sensei Smush. Mm-hmm. And you're Wait, sen- are you Smush or Smash? Smush. Smush. Smush feels more loving than smash. That's true. Smash just feels like mean or sexual. And I'm neither of those things. <laughs> or not at, not separately, only at the same. What are you snorting about? <laughs> I'm trying to talk about some serious stuff. All right, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Sensei No Space. Maybe That's... it should be Sensei Snort. <laughs> 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 that's that's perfect. No nobody snorts and slurt like you get, she'll start laughing. She goes <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm now I'm self conscious. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So um do you have anything you want to cover with the people before we get straight into the questions? Lindsay. Uh just make sure you guys are watching the PGF this weekend. Yes. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's actually well, if you're listening right now, it's tomorrow. Oh, okay. If you're listening tomorrow, it's tonight. Okay, it's Friday night. <laughs> yeah, it's on Friday night, 7 p.m. Central on my YouTube. It's totally free. Uh, you know what? I want to say this. Thanks to all of you that have been supporting the PGF. And that also, I love that you guys send me little... I need, I'm a person who likes love. You know what I mean? I like the little messages of encouragement and the... You know, the thank yous and the we love it, all that stuff. Thank you for the great feedback that we've been getting on it. It That little stuff like that actually means a whole lot to me. So yeah, those, I appreciate you guys. We used to call those warm fuzzies. So like uh, when we used to do like camp and stuff. So you would you would write people little love notes and stick it in their little bag. And it was like a little mailbox. Mm-hmm. And you'd send people warm fuzzies. And he loved those. Like he would keep those for years after. Yeah. I only threw them. I only got rid of <laughs> warm fuzzies that people wrote me because you like to throw I stuff away. clean stuff. So uh, remember when you made me get rid of all my trophies? Do you remember that? <laughs> Let's talk I'll about I'll let it. you keep the ones that you remembered what they were for. 
No, it was pressure. It was and peer you were pressure. like, oh, I got Since this they... T-ball trophy from like the second grade. I still want to keep it. Now, that was earlier than second grade. By the time I hit second grade, I already learned T-ball and baseball was not for me. Mm-hmm. I, when I was playing, the one year I played baseball, it was actually it was T-ball. I was little, little, like for real, five or six years old. And I went out into the field mm-hmm. and they said I would just sit down and play with the grass. Which is very surprising because you do not like to be dirty. So, but I like it better than baseball. You were just so <laughs> bored, you decided to get dirty. I'm just trying to think: is there anything less fun to play than baseball? Like, is there a game? Mm. Like, is there a popular sport that's less fun, like, than baseball? Ooh. Soccer. I don't know. Soccer's pretty boring. Anything where you only when score you, three, like the winning team blows yeah. somebody out by scoring three points, yeah, I'm out of there. But dude. it's probably uh, it's probably this way for every sport. Like I always enjoyed playing soccer, not watching soccer. Which no, I'm talking about to play. I feel the same way about jujitsu. I like to do jujitsu. I want you out. I don't necessarily like to watch it. Oh, uh, Zach said backcountry leg locks. That's Zach Edwards. What's up, Zach? Hey, Zach. He said golf is boring. Word. Oh, especially watching Word. golf. I don't. I almost can't consider. Mm, I know it's a real sport. I yeah, I do yeah. confess that by the definitions of sport, it is a real sport. But it's just no. There's no like. Um, in the moment, real time thinking that has to happen. Yeah, you, know what you I mean? can sit. You can yeah. sit and think about it and strategize. To me, to me, if you're gonna have a real sport, this needs to be able to go wrong in a split second. Okay. And that just never happened. Like, so you're adding to your definition. Usually, used to be it was it just had to have a ball. It needs it a, a ball. Sport. It needs a ball. Well, or a or a puck. Okay. Or. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, boxing's a sport. MMA's a sport. So, okay. jujitsu's a sport. So you're changing it because now you do jujitsu, and so you want to include that in your definition now. No, I consider NASCAR a sport, and I hate NASCAR. I think that's super boring. Okay. NASCAR's a sport, but you you have to make um, like decisions on the fly, uh-huh. like athletic decisions on the fly. That that makes a sport. Okay. I think at the time, now hopefully this is not offensive to anyone, we were trying to Ooh, talk I hope about, it is. like, we were talking about cheerleading. We were trying to figure out if that was a sport or not. Wait, and, because <laughs> you know, y'all there's gonna like, get me fired up. That's, <laughs> go. Well, but I mean, and you were like, cheering is not a sport. And so, well, I, I don't really think it's a sport either, but I like to get Brandon fired up about things. So, and he was like, well, this is, this is what the definition of a sport is. It has to have a ball. And I can't remember what else it was, but it was, it had to have a ball. And so that, according to that definition, cheering was not a sport. Uh, Hold on, let me scroll back here. This is too far away. So I do have something, I don't know if you have heard about this or not, but so I saw that Craig Jones and Gabby Garcia are going to have a match. What? I don't know. See and that. that Flow Grappling uh, doesn't want anything to do with it. So they're just going to stream it on YouTube. PGF. We'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. If they will come here and do it, I will find the money. I will find the sponsors to pay for the match. How? <laughs> I've got to watch it. May, I mean, like, May 21st, <laughs> PGF finale. Spread the word. On May 21st, I will... I will find a way to make it happen. 
I'll take out a bank loan. I will take out a bank loan. (laughs) I will take with a personal guarantee to make it. I would. So Craig Jones is going to be at Sean Applegate's here pretty soon, dude. So we could be like. Sean, get Craig Jones to do the PGF. I think yeah, doing it free yeah. on YouTube is the is the best move that they could make. Who's yeah. are they? Is Craig is putting it together? That sounds like some, that sure. sounds like something I, straight out I of his book. I saw it was somebody interviewing Craig, and just like so, he wasn't doing it. It wasn't like a selfie. It was somebody asking him questions, and he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna." We're going to get a match together. And yeah, Flow Grappling did not want to put it on their site. Of course they didn't want to put yeah. it on their site. That's but too much controversy right now. That is, that's straight up the PGF's alley. Not, you know, no no uh, offensive intention meant there. You know, you don't want to put but, stuff oh, straight up Oh, and he also alley. said, <laughs> he also said that if he loses, that he would retire. If he loses, I'll also retire. Like, we will all... Hey, don't... No, you're out, too. (laughs) If Gabby Garcia beats Craig Jones, I'm quitting. I don't think that he's going to beat her, but, like... Wait, you don't think he's going to beat her? No, oh, sorry. He's definitely going to (laughs) win, so... I would like to shout um, out uh, my friend Hillary Williams for throwing Gabby Garcia on her head back in the day. If you've never seen that video, go check out Hillary Williams... Just go on YouTube and look for Hillary Williams throws Gabby Garcia... And this is when Hillary, I think Hillary was a brown belt at this time, but she won the Worlds that year. And she threw Gabby Garcia. She dumped her on her head. Well, but you know, there's so many people like uh, ADCC, they go down to that smaller weight class. And, you know, they probably shouldn't be in that weight class just because that was probably a really hard weight cut. But they go there just so they don't have to fight her. Yeah. So that and she. Like, I would cut weight to not have to fight yeah, her. Yeah, I mean she dominates that. But weight I don't class. have to. She's bigger than Vanderlei Silva. Mm-hmm. Get on, get on Google right now. Go. Gabby Garcia. Search Gabby Von- Garcia, <laughs> Vanderlei Silva, and then look at the Google images. And they're in that like she's bigger than Vanderlei rash Silva. Guards, right? Those yellow and blue. Uh, was it Ultimate yeah, Fighter? Yeah, the ones. She, Jeez. she towers over. And uh. Galval too, did, like in stacked, those videos. Oh, she, she made like, Galval look like a little a little boy. Yeah, uh, I won't I won't get into doing Gabby Garcia uh, voice yeah, no. impressions, Let's but actually, I but will. anyway, guys, <laughs> if that is actually happening, I'm super pumped about watching that. How that's do you just, think that's going to go down? I mean, does I mean, she he's going to get her legs. He, like, she has I don't, zero chance at beating him. Yeah, I mean, uh, does she? I mean, she loses to game? smaller girls sometimes. Mm. Like she lost recently to a girl that was smaller than her. Okay. Mackenzie Dern threw her around. Well, she didn't throw her around. She beat her on points. But so yeah, Craig's just gonna get on on the legs and like I don't know that I've ever seen her play legs. I shouldn't need to play. Boy, legs. she got some legs though. <laughs> what? They're big. I'm not mad at her. Okay, you well, can we, be fit. we can go to questions now. I just want right, to bring the first, that up. Here's the first excited. question. This is from authentic underscore Gucci underscore wear. Authentic Gucci wear. Normally when I see a person like that commenting on my stuff, they're like, hey, you'd be a great fit for our brand. DM me for a collab. You know, like a bot. But apparently this is a real person. Uh Says, is it possible to put a cow in a triangle? Maybe Gabby Garcia could do it. Dude, I thought you were about to call her a cow. No. Do you want to go on record right now calling her a cow? No. Say it. Say it if you got to say it. No. I actually have heard that she's like the nicest person on the planet. She may be. 
what? All right. So anyway, is it possible to put a cow in a triangle? No. No, I don't think so. Not for human legs. I have rolled with a couple of people that feel like cows, like they're large, large people, and I've triangled them. Mm-hmm. I triangled. A, he's not a cow though. I was thinking even he's an way arm bigger than triangle. me. No, I don't think you could do it. You can't put a cow in an arm triangle. You gonna? I think I could pin a cow. I think I could put him on his back. I bet Keelan thinks that he could beat a cow. Dude, I'm not saying I couldn't beat a cow. I'm saying I don't think I'd beat him with a triangle. triangle. Mm. I think I'd beat a cow's tail. Well, how? Dude, I have a bunch of ways. Leg kicks. <laughs> what? It has four legs. Dude, what's it, the number one tool in the UFC right now? Calf kicks. So uh, I could at least uh, beat a baby cow. You're just kidding. <laughs> don't sensei snort. Careful. <laughs> I can for sure. I, I can see you out in the pasture just kicking a cow. <laughs> Darn, I'll mess a cow up. Uh, a female cow, though. I ain't fighting a cow with horns on it. Uh, no. You can miss me with horns. Have you seen that video of that guy walking on his hands backwards towards the, the bull? And then the bull, like, rushes him and he, like, mounts the cat. The, no, I don't. I don't watch stuff like that. Okay. What have you been on TikTok or something? Maybe I don't. I do watch a lot of TikTok I, these days. I have to be honest. I really enjoy TikTok. It's my favorite one to like use. I really don't use social. Like I don't use Instagram as a consumer. I don't use Facebook as a consumer. I do like business stuff and business posts, and I engage with my fans and customers and stuff. But I actually will sit and scroll through TikTok and just laugh and watch street fights. Yeah. My TikTok, you know, just they put up on your algorithm. The algorithm just puts up whatever it is you're going to watch. So my TikTok is just straight uh, dad jokes. Uh, uh, street fights. Street, people getting knocked cold in the street. And little kids, like, yeah. saying cute things. Yeah, I like that kind of <laughs> stuff, too. So it, it'll be one, it'll be... I'm not a lie, daddy. <laughs> one would be some little, some little kid and her dad... Like, and they're being cute and adorable and sweet. And I'm like, oh. And then you roll up, and it's a street fight at Whole Foods. And they're just <laughs> people getting cold cocked. That's how I like to mix it up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's me. That's you. That is me. All right. Let's go here. Uh, Battleborn Bean said golf is a skill, not a sport. Yeah. I mean, you, you need a lot of practice to be good at golf. It definitely takes a lot of time. <clears throat> All right. Um... <clears throat> Let's pull up some questions here. Yeah. Let's start with this one. This is Irish Keat, Keat Kavanaugh. Who has shown some of the best offense on the mats in Decatur outside of black belts? And he clarified this um, in a second, in a follow-up, in a private message. He's saying, like, outside vis- visitors. Who's people that have come here? Who's the best person that's come here and rolled outside of our own folks? So I got Quentin. Um, I say Chris Moriarty. Okay. So when I didn't get a chance to roll with Chris, well, I did. I was <laughs> a brown belt still at the time. I th- yeah, I was. I think I was still a brown belt. And man, I mean, we've had you talking about like I mean, we've had people from seminar like boogies. Yeah, I'm just thinking about guys who have. I'm not. I'm not thinking just about visitors. seminar. I'm thinking about just people who roll through. Okay. And want to get some training in. Like they're they're here to do jujitsu, not to teach or to make money or right, right. anything like that. They're just coming to roll with us. They're just trying to get in and get some training in. Uh, Quentin is phenomenal. Quentin goes. Uh, he's only got one speed, which is like a thousand percent, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
that is not necessarily the way I normally train. I'm down. Now, of course, Quentin and I have competed against each other multiple times coming up. And full disclosure, he tapped me twice in competition. So I got nothing to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, yeah. Chris Moriarty, though, was coming here to study and train leg locks to get ready for actually for a match with Quentin, believe it or not. Um, and he ended up beating Quentin in that match. And Chris has the best passing that I've, that has come through. And so he was able to pass my guard. He submitted me a couple of times. I think I got him on a couple of leg locks, but you know, his guard passing was phenomenal. Keith is clarifying. He says he's actually talking about non-black belts. Who's the best non-black belt that's ever come through. I don't even consider non-black belts real people, to be honest with you, Keith. So I know you're on the edge of that black belt, and you'll be a real boy soon. So we'll talk about it. Uh, Evan said Rob and Hobby and Fobby before she got her black belt. He's the best people that – that's the best people he's seen come through. Rob Parrish. He's very good. If you don't know about Rob Parrish, he's one of my brown belts. He actually lives out in Boulder, Colorado. But he comes down and trains regularly. He'll come and stay a week several times a year. We catch each other and like at seminars and stuff. And I'm telling you, that dude can go. He's the real deal. He's going to be an unbelievable black belt. Yeah, Rob's back game is phenomenal. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, I don't know, Keith. I would have to say uh, my vote is Chris Moriarty, but he was a black belt at the time. Non-black belts, not even real people. So I, I don't even acknowledge that question. Um, let's see. Oh, look at this. Keelan, Keelan got a shout out from uh, Zach. He said, I think Keelan's pretty good. But well, you're wrong. But, I mean, he's here all the time. You're though, wrong. Yeah, he's one Zach, of our, Keelan's garbage. He's very good. No, he's red and hot garbage. His game is super fun and it's super technical too. Like he's improving, you know, exponentially. Yeah. When Keelan first started training, we were like, who is this? This kid's a, he's such an athlete. He yeah. learns. Like, you can show him, you can tell him something, he won't remember that. But <laughs> if you show him something and you have him try to physically repeat it, he can do it almost on the first or second try, no matter yeah. how difficult it is. Incredible, like, incredible physical intelligence. But in the beginning when he was training, he didn't know any moves. He got to black belt, he didn't know any moves. You'd be like, hey, Keelan, uh, what is it called? He's the a purple belt. Blue belt's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, he's a purple belt now. Uh, he got to blue belt. He didn't know any moves. And I was like, <laughs> he would just, but he would beat people and he would perform the moves. But if you were like, hey, show me that Kimura, he'd be like, oh, which one is that again? <laughs> yeah, pathetic. <laughs> but uh, when he was like, okay, I think I'm going to try to make a run for this purple. I was like, well, you're going to have to learn some moves. You need some, <laughs> you need to know some, some moves. Submissions. All right, let's get some more questions going here. Uh, 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 uh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. This is from Andrew Healy, 94. What books have impacted your BJJ the most besides the Tao Te Ching? Uh, you can go first. What do you think? Uh, I don't read jujitsu books. But like, we, so, we read I in mean, the beginning like, a lot. Yeah, and it would have to be um, instructionals, like from like manuals. Um, in the very beginning, I really liked Marcelo Garcia's X Guard. Yeah, YouTube um, wasn't really uh, a viable option when we started. YouTube, 
started in 2006, and so did we. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there wasn't, and then there wasn't a lot of jujitsu pouring in for free. No. And, and what was wasn't like super, you know, reliable and good. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, those would be it, probably the X guard from Marcelo, and then, you know, the twister and from Eddie, probably. Yeah. Lindsay used to, we would, we had Eddie's books and we would, we were terrible. I didn't know anything. She didn't know anything. But she learns, uh, way faster than me usually in the beginning for sure and so we would um we would get on the floor and we had a little rollout mat we would get on the floor at the house and Lindsay would read the book and stay she would open the book and sit it beside the mat and she would look over and be like and now you put your arm here I could never figure out what to do I could never learn from a book but she would figure it out and then she would teach me in the beginning so uh, Lindsay actually showed me the arm triangle, which is still to this day my best submission. <laughs> she learned it out of Eddie's book and then showed it to me. And that's how that story goes. The best, in my opinion, the best jujitsu book is called Jiu-Jitsu University. It's by Salo Hiberio. I don't know if I say that right. Hiberio. Hiberio. Salo wrote it. It's called Jiu-Jitsu University. <clears throat> Absolutely, without question, the best book that's ever been written on the subject, in my opinion. I still got it. It's right down there. I reference it uh, frequently. Mastering the Rubber Guard. I loved Mastering the Rubber Guard. I think that that's the best and most well-put-together system book. Didn't we look for those books the other day? Like, on, um, not the other day. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, they're out of print. Try to find them for Amazon. They're out of print. Victory Belt was the publishing company, and they don't make them anymore. So you actually, if you've got a copy of either of those books, they go for a lot of money now. And uh, somebody's got my copies, but Manny Rocha brought me his copies. He's like, I hear, you, you need these, I don't need these. Yeah, Brandon, just he lets people borrow things and then forgets who he gave them to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a giver. He is. I'm a giver. All right, so yeah, those are those are a couple of the books I love. Um, I got the first jujitsu book that I had, though, was actually from Jean-Jacques. Um, and I think Eddie gave me, gave me that, not Eddie, um, Jamie Webster gave me that recommendation before I had even met Eddie, I think. Mm-hmm. And so... I uh, didn't even know who Eddie was when I got that Jean Jacques book, but that's a pretty good one. But it's it's, I got that one marked up. I still reference it, but it wasn't like organized, super like super organized. It was like oh check this move out and and it was dope. There was a lot of dope moves and like but it wasn't that, sequential kind of. Yeah, thing it wasn't got. like here check out this system that I got here. It was just like yeah, okay. some of Jean Jacques' dopest moves. That's cool too. Which is really good. <laughs> Jean-Jacques is great at that. That seems to be the way he does. Like, if you ever watch, like, he was the first online subscription person in jiu-jitsu that I was aware of. Okay. And so I had his subscription for a little while. I was broke, so I didn't have it for long. But Mar- Marcelo he, was pretty fast on the trigger on that, right? Marcelo was the first one to have a legit one. Okay. Like, one that was like, oh, man, this is well-organized, well-done, but it was several years after that. Yeah. And then the Gracies had something online... They, I remember the Gracies had a, a CD-ROM, for real. Like, you could get the Gracie CD-ROM, and you could put it in your Dell computer, and you could watch. It, it would take, like, 20 minutes to load up, and yeah. then you could just watch them, like, go through moves. It would be, like, a 20-second clip. Yeah, Jamie Webster had that. 
the CD-ROM. The CD-ROM. Okay. Yep. The Gracie CD-ROM. Yep. Shout out to Jamie Webster putting me on all these dope people. Yeah. And he was one of the dope people himself. All right. Next question. Ooh, let's go with this one. Look. This is uh, from St. Carr. Favorite food. What do you think, Jones? What's your favorite food? You don't really eat food. <laughs> So it's kind of a tough question. Well, for her. okay. So I, I need a little bit of clarification, and you you just tell me which one you think I should do. So, is it the favorite food that I can eat, or the favorite food like cheat meal? So that's. What are you talking about? Like, okay, Lindsay, you're gonna cheat, and you can just eat whatever you want to eat. That's what cheating is. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying, is it favorite food? That I am allowed to eat, or favorite food that I'm not. Nobody to cares eat. about your about your favorite food that um, that you just okay. like. We, I'm Wait. gonna put some rules. I only can eat three okay. foods, and here's my favorite of these three. So I'm um, cheating. It's a, it's one of two things. It's either like Ritz crackers. <laughs> Girl, listen to me. I can put I away will, some Ritz crackers. I will burn a house down to get me a sleeve of Ritz crackers. Nothing better yeah. than coming home after practice. Sitting down on the couch and just raw dogging a sleeve of Ritz crackers. No cheese whiz, no. nothing, just straight raw dogging a whole mm-hmm. sleeve. Yes. Or uh, Cadbury mini eggs, not the big egg with the junk in the middle. Like these are. Hey, dude, uh, I, I do like a big egg with some junk in the middle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> these are the ones that are just like. Little balls of chocolate with the candy coated shell on the outside, and hey, I'll eat the whole bag. Let me throw a let me throw a wrinkle in this situation, this Cadbury mini egg situation. I want y'all to check out white chocolate Cadbury mini eggs. Okay, I don't boy, like those as much. But. Well, that's we you know we're different, you mm-hmm. and I, because yes. that's the bomb. Those are phenomenal, and they're only out twice a year. So Easter, <coughs> mini eggs, right? But they have them out at Christmas as well. So they're only out twice a year, so it makes them scarce. So I'll be in the grocery store and I'll be like, they're out. Uh, Backcountry Leglock said, uh, "This is Zach again. He'd rather raw dog a whole pack of Oreos. How do you like your I, Oreos? Mm, I went through, I went through an Oreo stage where I would just oh, get this whole row. Yeah, you know, because you open up the package and there's three rows." And I would just eat the whole entire row. I like the Oreo with just a little bit of dip in milk. Mm. Yeah, that's standard. A little bit of milk. And then, yeah. Mm. I got. We got to get uh, Jake and Matt Elkins on the podcast soon. And I want, when they come on, I want to talk about when, uh, when Jake was a heavyweight wrestling in college and he had to add weight. Yeah. And Matt was cutting weight the whole time. I'm not going to ruin the story, but Matt had to cut weight the whole time <laughs> that he was in college. And Jake had to gain weight, and so Jake would sit down and eat right in front of Matt. a whole pack of, and he, dude, hearing them talk about it and hearing Matt talk about how fat Jake is, it's so it's so funny. We got to get them on yeah, soon. They're hilarious. Uh, I don't like chocolate. I mean, I don't hate Ooh, chocolate. You know what? But when we go Oreos, I'm going with the golden Oreos. <sighs> Homemade bread. Ooh. Oh, uh, what about Beth on her Instagram story? Beth Evans is one of our... She's a purple belt, right? Yeah. yeah. she's a purple belt. She's one of our purple belts. 
and she's been working on making homemade bread. And I've never been more interested in somebody's Instagram story. I'm like, girl, that is that's porn to me. When you're when you're <laughs> when you're cook, girl, you mm. cooking a homemade bread? You gonna put some honey butter on oh, that? What are you gonna mm. do? What you gonna do with that bread, girl? <laughs> what are you doing with that bread? I love bread, but you know that's a good segue into something that we need to talk about. Okay, I gotta I got something I gotta let the people know about. We get a lot of questions on, oh, Brandon, what's your diet look like? What's the best thing to eat for training? And you always, Lindsay, you always have great answers, healthy, <laughs> correct answers. And I always say, I just eat tacos or and whatever. Captain D's. Yeah, I love Captain I do love <laughs> Captain D's. But uh, for a couple of days now, I have cut bread out of my life. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I I really thought about not ever saying anything to anybody, but it's gonna be good accountability. So y'all gotta ask him about y'all gotta hang on to it. Yeah, yeah. I I really miss bread already. It hasn't been very long at all, but it's out of there. I, I don't know if it's been forty eight hours yet. Oh, Kennedy <laughs> said my audio cut out. Anyone else? Um, I don't know. Can you guys still hear us? I hope so. If not. You just we're gonna some talk about bread. That we're gonna good. plow through it anyways. So, um, yeah, the the audio for the podcast is still recording. So if it's not if it's not cleaned up on Instagram, you'll be able to catch it after the fact. So yeah, uh, what my favorite food though is what's your favorite food that you're actually allowed to eat that you allow yourself to have regularly? Um, like a healthy kind of food. I like probably just bacon and eggs. I know that's kind of bland and boring, but what like, <laughs> but that there, like you said, there's not very many uh, foods that I can eat. So like any kind of meat is always good, but like I don't know, just like some crunchy bacon and eggs. <laughs> like, Man, <laughs> I'm a simple girl. Yeah, you are. It makes me wonder sometimes. I don't need a filet mignon. Just take me to IHOP. <laughs> well, set me up with a ribeye. <laughs> Set me up with a ribeye if we're talking about stuff that I'm allowed to eat. Ooh, okay. There's this California salad at O'Charlie's that's amazing. Listen, it's got this is how grilled chicken on it and like little mandarin oranges and strawberries and candy covered pecans. You know, O'Charlie, <laughs> so talking about foods I'm not allowed to eat, O'Charlie's might be one of the number one. Their bread that they bring out at the top of the meal, that I have made some serious errors before on how much bread. That I can actually eat without feeling like I'm gonna die. I've made some big mistakes. Yeah. Uh, well, we're both bad. So if I'm just letting go and we're eating yeast rolls at O'Charlie's, or we go to a Mexican restaurant and we're eating chips. Oh, I'm telling you, dude. Carbs is my life. I don't know how I'm gonna <laughs> do this. I I just sometimes I sit and think about just how <laughs> much I love carbs. No, not even I need some. Just man, I sure do love carbs. And just like daydream about how good <laughs> carbs are. So, Stephen Schnell says he's there's never a time he's not craving steak. He's like that's a standard issue. Yeah. Some slappy knuckle said the baconator. What's your favorite fast food? Like you're going straight hot garbage. What would you go with? Um, it's got to be like fast fast food. Not oh, not oh Charlie. That's fancy. Not Moe's. <laughs> not Moe's. No, not even like Chipotle. fast casual. We're talking about like fast food. Like Arby's. 
Arby's is your move. Y'all That's got a good move. Big roast beef sandwich with those curly fries. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I don't care well, about see, the curly fries. I would fries. say Chick fil A, uh, but y'all would be like, oh, she's just eating some more chicken. <laughs> well, Chick fil A is such a or standard answer, like too. Zaxby's. It, I love their fries and mm. just some chicken tenders. Who's got the best French fries? McDonald's. Yeah, they're pretty if, good. If you get hot fries from McDonald's, that's yeah. that's banging. Yeah. Nothing else on the menu is edible. All right. Except I mean, a as a kid, I would yeah, McFlurries are good. I would I would just eat hamburgers with ketchup only. When that's, I was a kid, I I would survive off of that and like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And you you made it. You did I fine. Did. I did. I was kind of chunky for a while, but You looking I, good now, thank though, you. girl. What's going on? Uh <laughs> Let's go, Matt Durbin. What's up, Matt? Hey, Matt. This is the son of Dan. I'm going to start calling him son of Dan. Uh, What characteristics are the number one predictors of future success and grappling? Uh, I got a real real simple, and for sure this is the right answer. Uh, Just do you show up for practice? I was going to say consistency. Yeah. Uh, Most people who come in with dreams of look I want to be good one of these days or I want to be generally speaking the bigger they talk about their dream this is not always the case but the bigger people talk about their dreams in the beginning like what they're going to do I'm here to beat Conor McGregor I hear that I've literally heard that uh, in the last month mm-hmm. uh, uh, or I'm gonna be the world champion one day those people start out and they they burn out Within a month, usually. I think they have a different level of understanding of where they actually are in the beginning. Like, they have that dream, and they think that it's obtainable, like, soon, you know, because they don't know how far away they are. And so when they start taking beginner class, and they're getting wrecked in beginner class, then they're like, oh, you mean this was going to be hard? Or even even (laughs) if they're not struggling with the ego part of it initially— it's just having to show up day, oh, excuse me, day after day after day. Yeah. Dude, what do you, who, who's crazy enough to do that? You got to be flicked in the head to stay yeah. with this, which is why it's been very easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, especially you get beat up for years, years, and fi- finally you see progress. So yeah, you gotta be you gotta be crazy. But the, I would say persistence and consistency. Like you just. But that's what, how you get good at anything, though. Yeah. So so then let's make it more specific to grappling. Then so that's those things you have to have for any skill. Mm-hmm. But what about like actual like mental um, skill or physical skill that is a great um, jumping off point when you start grappling. Okay, like maybe something that you already have, like you're able to analyze yeah, things yeah, something really well. Like that. Um, you're strategic, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's um, if you've got background, like people who have done gymnastics before, like we got a guy named Dallas that trains here yeah. with us. And, dude, he picked up. He went from I'm not very good to oh, I'm kind of giving good fights. Real fast. We just have so many different kinds of people that are now good at jujitsu, so it's kind of hard to find like a common theme. Like for me, it was 
like the consistency and being persistent and stuff like that. But it took me a lot longer because I wasn't studying and I wasn't mm. like analyzing my roles or going back and watching footage me of neither. my roles and me stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I don't know. I think I think time is for me it was the you know just like my test. So. Sorry, I, I just doing... had to take a bite of this Nutri-Grain bar over here. <laughs> Lindsay said it has too much bread on it. It's, it's a Nutri-Grain a bar. It's, it's like the whole thing is bread. Don't talk. No, don't show it to the people. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Don't even show it to them. But um, what do you think? So specifically for grappling, a quality that you you would need. Uh, mo- like if you have good mobility... Right away, you're yeah. going to be able to learn faster. Well, like we were talking about with Keelan, too. Like, he had a natural, like, understanding of how his own body moves. Yeah, I call it physical know? intelligence. Right. Um, that, But that helps you to excel faster. But so, so, like, mobility and flexibility and that kind of stuff, that can be developed over time. But if you have it naturally, I think you'll excel faster. Yeah, um, definitely. So, like, I would definitely say that now at this point, like, my mobility, particularly as it pertains to a fight my mobility is out of this world like there's very few th- things that I can ask my body to do on the mat that my body can't respond and do it correctly like I can't really think of something off the top of my head that do you see that question no not yet uh so I can't really think of something off the top of my head that I can't do but in the beginning I had none of that I did not have mobility flexibility dexterity all of those things were far away those were a far reach for me but over time with consistency and perseverance I was able to you know just stay long enough until those things kind of became part of my DNA and now I don't even think about them like oh yeah I could just put my foot up here by my face you know so Yeah. yeah there you go what question were you saying I was just saying anybody in particular that you you think is good for uh, mobility work. I do have one recommendation. Yeah, actually. So, um, Ido Portal, I D O, and then the last name is just spelled port, P O R T A L. Looks like the word portal, but it's Portal. Ido Portal. And I think that this was actually the guy that was Connor's movement coach. Remember when Connor was doing touch butt in the park? And everybody was like, oh, he's out there playing touch butt in the park. And it was funny. <laughs> and it was, that's a great joke. But, uh, he was really giving a lot of credit to that guy. Well, we had Jamie, again, back to Jamie Webster, putting me on people to learn from. Jamie had found out about that guy like years before that. And so he, there's a video on YouTube called Edo Portal Squat Routine 2.0. And I used to have a really, um, I had an injury to my lower back from a car wreck. And it was giving me tons and tons of problems. Um, you know, it was creating like real sharp, I don't want to say debilitating because I would find a way to work through it, but I was not able to do great work because of the pain through my lower back and my hips. I found a way, you know, but Jamie put me on this Edo Portal squat routine 2.0. And remember, I just went through that for like, I did it every day for like six months. And I don't want to say I haven't had any back problems or hip problems since then, but I kind of haven't. And so that's something that I, 
I still like I'll come out into the beginners class sometimes just warm everybody up with that little squat routine. Mm-hmm. And man, it's a it's a game changer for opening up your hip mobility, um, you know, getting your knees warm, getting your body ready to move in a grappling way. That's a that's a huge one for me. And it, and I, honestly, I feel like it, I don't want to say it saved my back because I don't know how serious it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I would have been able to start moving on and learning some of the the more difficult parts of jujitsu without getting put onto that pretty early. Yeah. And um so Scaff and I are doing some Nordic stuff. So if you go if you, you know, are interested in following this guy on Instagram and, and he, Joe Rogan was actually talking about him, but he he's called Knees Over Toes. I don't know if it's Knees Over Toes guy or Knees Over Toes, but everybody's on everybody's saying Knees Over Toes guy. I've still yet to see this, but it's um so I and I'm just experimenting with these right now. So um, we've probably been doing these Nordic exercises probably about two months now. I definitely can tell um, a lot of strengthening in my uh, hamstrings. That kind of, you know, because uh, my hamstrings and probably most people have no flexibility in their hamstrings, and so which is crazy. That was something I've always I've always been able to touch my toes. So I yeah. don't know what's that about. Um, but I'm I'm working with it. I, I'm definitely seeing some strength gains. Um, I don't know about uh, mobility differences yet, but it's supposed to strengthen your ligaments in your knees. So it's supposed to make your knees younger. I don't know. He, this guy's had t- like, I don't know if it's total knee replacement on both knees, but he's had uh, definite knee surgeries on both knees. And this guy, I mean, just watching him do these th- these Nordics, it's insane to watch. Think I could do it first try? No. But I could. <laughs> I bet I can no. do it first try. It'll be super fun to watch you do it though, because you kind of look like I will. A flaw, do- like I a, will dominate you oh, at man. knees over toes. It's like you're, you're like a floppy fish if you try to just do it straight from the floor up. It's you're just like, dude. I'll hit it first try. <laughs> I'll do four of them first. Yes, I will. I'm gonna do it right now in front of these people. <laughs> no, We're going live. I'm gonna try it first try. We'll do it live, and it'll be it'll be good. Uh, oh, here we go. Here's a con- hold on one second. Somebody's saying something nice about me. DJC thirty seven eighty six. Your commentary is awesome on CJJ. I couldn't agree more. I just hey, warm fuzzies. I love them. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I had something. Everybody's saying knees over toes, guys. Legit. Oh, there's also oh Jessica Ross says there's also knees over toes girl. Oh, cool. Why is that cool? I don't know. She's trying to steal knees over toes guys thunder. Maybe. Maybe sorry. That's better. sorry. That's Maybe sorry. Maybe she can do some kind of weird Nordic. She's There's never no way. Seen before. There's no way she can do it better. She's a girl. Oh my God. Well, girls just can't do stuff guys can do. You're the worst. Well, I mean, let's talk about it. Have babies. Uh, men can have babies now. Uh, uh, men can have uteruses. I did see. Men can, men can hold all the records in women's sports. No, I think we should just change the topic actually (laughs) the reason why i stopped doing a podcast is because i would say things and then i would go i would think about it for the rest of the day and i would go i shouldn't have said that and then i'd be stressed out i'm like no don't don't publish that one and (laughs) you know i would be so stressed out so i think something's about to happen that i would regret saying later so i think 
we should change the topic. New question. All right. Uh, here's fight breed. I'm moving to Arizona, and girls are not as good as boys. That's weird. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. Fight breed. Well, Why would you even I say can, that to my uh, wife? Okay. See, I, I'm not reading the questions because they're so far away, and I have to squint like this. <laughs> no. So he could read it, and his, I'll be like, what? His real question is, I'm moving to Arizona. I need you to move there, too. So we can train together. Thanks in advance. I'll see you there. Hey, you, funny enough, I'm actually in Arizona this weekend. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, teaching a seminar with, uh, I think, Jay Pages is there. I think PJ Barch is going to be there with us. Um, a couple of other guys from around the area. Speaking John Botello. mobility, uh, like watching PJ do his rehab on his knee and stuff was oh. amazing. And you talking about that slack line thing? That yes, timeout. Yeah, so, PJ so did a, he walked out into the middle of a tightrope, a slack line. A slack line. And, and he did a backflip off the slack line. He just had ACL reconstruction yeah. a, like a year ago. So he would be a good resource on, on mobility and flexibility. Dude, and that's not like that. fair. That's not fair. I'm, I mean, he's like 20 years younger than us. <laughs> Listen, I'm a spry 24-year-old man. I don't know what you're talking about. That's what I always tell my kids. I... They'll get 24. mad. Dad, you're not 24. I'm 24. Get out of my face. Mm -hmm. You're a little kid. Shut up. <laughs> uh, here's a question. I don't really know what it means. Uh, Drew chokes legs. Eddie versus Alf. Are you talking about Alf? An and so like an alien. I think he's specifically talking about Alf from the TV show. But Remember, Alf, Alf represents cats. something. Alf represents something, too. I, he may huh? be talking about the character, but alien life form, maybe? I, oh, that is what it means, alien life. I don't That's remember. So Eddie versus an alien, or Eddie versus Alf specifically. I don't. I mean Eddie. Wait, does Alf have mind control? Eddie has mind control. Mm. Eddie. This does. is going to be a good battle then. Yeah, it's going to be pretty close. But I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with Eddie. Okay. Got to go I'll with go my. With Eddie. I, yeah, ride or die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, if the alien gives him his back. It's over. That's a good transition into Nate Hinkson's question. First of all, I love your last name, Hinkson. It's that's that's good. It's like you're trying to say Hickson, but you got a you got a little stumble Hink. in there. Hink Hinkson. Was well, that all Hinkson Gracie? Uh, <laughs> what superpower do you wish you had? We talk about this a lot because we have uh, a superhero fan household. Yeah, our children love super, particularly our, our son 15. loves superheroes. Yeah. You love superheroes too, I though. Do too. You like superheroes even more than I do. So you like all the girl superheroes like She-Ra and Wonder Woman. See, she nobody knows about She-Ra anymore. Well, let's talk about it. Well, it's I think it's he she's He-Man's twin sister. Oh, I thought they were mm -mm. I thought they were their brother making and it happen. Sister. No, their brother. They might and still sister. be making it happen, dude. That was a long time ago. People <laughs> and they're from a different country, different cultures. I think it may be a different planet. If if that's his, maybe they're from a uh, planet Alabama. <laughs> So, who's your favorite superhero then? Uh, I mean, it's probably going to be Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, I mean, like, oh no, maybe hey, she's the my Red Witch. Superhero too. Hold the on, the Red second. Witch. She's. Dude, she's I want to talk about powerful. Wonder Woman a little more. Okay. About the new Wonder Woman. The new Wonder Woman. She's fantastic. She's. She's beautiful. So fun. Yes. Um, and she was in like she's the, gnarly in this. I was she just was watching military too. Like I, I think you you know some countries like you have to serve. 
Oh, and talking oh, about God. in real life. Yeah, no. I, What's like, her she, real name? Gal Gadot. Gadot. Yeah, Gal is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Gal Gadot. She's uh, yeah, she's, she's like Israeli, I think. I think, and I think she served in the military. So I mean, she's like a bad A double. She's gnarly. Yeah. Uh, and, and she's super beautiful. She's even like, I saw on her Instagram, like she'll post with no makeup on and stuff. And I'm like, man, she's just so beautiful. Um, The new Justice League. Have you have you guys seen that? The, the, the Zack cut. Snyder cut of the Justice League. It's on HBO Max. It's phenomenal. I've, I've got about an hour and a half left in it. It's four hours long, first yeah. of all. But Can't it's like a total that. revamp. It's phenomenal. It's really, really good. Um, it's as good. It's not. It's probably not as good as the Avengers because the Avengers had so much awesome setup coming yeah. into it, and the DC movies have been um, not as good. I, I don't like even want to say Marvel throws a little comedy in there too. Like you, you're like, oh, oh. But I like this new Justice League a lot. And anyway, I say that to say Wonder Woman is bad news, dude. Yeah, she's I, the real deal. And I like the way that they portrayed her in the first, like the actual first Wonder Woman movie. Like, she was strong, you know, I mean. But what, so the question, though, is what superpower? Like, okay. if you could only yes. have one superpower, which one you got? I want to be able to watch somebody do something and then be able to do it exactly like they did it. Like, I can just watch you do a skill and then I got it. I want instant healing. Like, yeah. I want that Wolverine, Wolverine and Deadpool healing. Mm-hmm. So, even just Wolverine. Wolverine's good. I know it hurts real bad. Oh my God, I broke my arm. It still yeah, hurts like you broke your arm, but it heals right up. Dude, sign me up. Go. Sign me up for that. I would do. There's nothing I wouldn't try if I didn't. <laughs> if I didn't feel like I was gonna get hurt. Uh, Billy Bates said time travel. Mm-hmm. Where are you trying to go, Billy? <laughs> Billy's trying to. Billy's trying to get uh, into the future by about four years, where he can pass my guard. Oh, it's going to only take him four years? To pass one time? He could probably pass one time in the next... Okay, no, never mind. It's not happening, Billy. Billy, in fact, tonight, just the thought of you... Trying to pass his guard? uh, Like, I planted the idea that you might try to pass my guard, and now I'm going to punish you for it. Yeah, be careful, Billy. It's a season (laughs) of killing. The the Dow is uh, in the back of his mind right now. Tell tell him what you mean. uh, So... You know, well, guys, okay, so there was another question about, uh, like, how did you uh, develop your killing stroke? So in jiu-jitsu, it's the gentle art, right? And so there are ways to practice and train in a gentle manner, but sometimes you just need to know who's who. And it's kind of like what Jake Elkins says in his, like, interview, like, we're, we're going to see who the real McCoy is. That's what he says. <laughs> I love it. But, um, you know, so sometimes in your life you need a season of killing, so... Just trying to figure out where you rank in things. So right now Brandon's having a... Yeah, I go through phases. I, so um, I'll go through a season, um, and I'm talking about just in my training specifically, like how I'm rolling, where, okay, I'm following the dial, settle, let the mud settle so I can see clearly, go slow, and and I want to be able to, you know, murder like that, like just totally dominate, but letting the match come to me. But after a while, it becomes a season of killing. So I always say it's the season of the Dow or it's a season of killing. Right now, I'm in a season of killing. Mm. So even though, uh, actually, I'm going to have to let the season of killings got to uh, take a back seat for a week or two because I 
pulled my groin super hard. <laughs> like, uh, by that, I mean I got an injury, not something else. Not like I pulled my groin and it took me not 20 you minutes. you didn't do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. I didn't pull my own groin. My groin was pulled. Well, geez, you can't say <laughs> it. You just can't say too. it well. So, yeah. But anyway, yeah, the, the season sure of killing has got to take a back seat for about three or four more days, I think. Next question. We don't want to talk about pulling my groin some more? There's got to be like a technical term for groin. Yeah. That's... Uh, uh, wiener. <laughs> That's not the technical term. Wiener is a technical term. All right, that was superpower. How to not get injured. No, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> Let's go with this one. This is leave it to Seavers. What made you want to start the – he says PGL. It's actually PGF, my guy. What made you want to start PGF, and what is the goal with the PGF? You actually consider PGL, though. Uh, well, I tried to make it PGL initially, but then I think there already was a PGL – Mm. Um, like a professional grappling, but it it was uh, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but, but it's F now. Yeah, federation. Anyway, I went with F, so PGF. What made me want to start it? So my initial idea was that I wanted to find a way, and I had started this. I actually started another tournament called uh, Grappling um, Submission uh, League. Submission League, and I did that with my buddy Daniel Wisnant, Daniel O'Brien from Triad. We put our in-house tournaments together. And we started competing with each other in in-house tournaments. So uh, Triad and Tenth Planet would all come to Tenth Planet uh, One, twice a year, yeah. and we would compete. And then we would all go to everybody would go to Triad twice a year, and we would go compete. And I really like doing that since the pandemic. And I've kind of because I started moving into the PGF, I started I kind of just turned that over to them. And so we haven't really done one since then. But the ri- the original idea that I wanted was that I wanted to normalize competition for our competitors because what we don't have in jujitsu is like a regular consistent competition schedule. So what happens is, and I'm just speaking from my own experience and what made me get to the place where I was comfortable competing is I had to just go and seek a competition every weekend or twice a month or whatever. So I had to compete a lot, a lot, a lot to get it to where it felt good. Um, but like in wrestling, you have a wrestling season where you go practice, and then that weekend you go out there and you handle it. And then you go practice, and then that next weekend you go handle it. Basketball, we practice, and then we got a couple of games this week, and then we got practice and a couple of games. So com- competing becomes like this normal thing. But with jiu-jitsu and MMA, it's like you're always having to stay ready for this giant event, and you put all of your chips into this competition because there's only two, there's only one coming up a quarter that you're going to plan on doing. If you're a, you know, just a normal competitor and you're competing four times a year, you're like, okay, I did pretty good this year. And so it makes this tremendous pressure to where you really don't learn the skill of how to compete. What you learn is to build anxiety on top Mm -hmm. of the idea of competing. And that, those, look, it needs some anxiety. It's a, it's, there needs to be some anxiety. Yeah. But there shouldn't be, this place where it cripples you and it makes you not want to go compete. And so my original idea was that I wanted to do so normalized competition for our team. And then I also wanted to showcase, look, man, there's a lot of good jujitsu in the South. There's some good people down here. And man, honestly, with the pandemic stuff started, I, I just, I needed a project to just bury myself into this. I, I had to. 
I had to have mm-hmm. something that I could just obsess over. But you had been thinking about it for a while. Yeah, like, many I think years. In the very I've been on early the stages of it. It it was like. Um, Let's open up the gym and then just have guys sign up and we can make a bracket on everybody just pitches in 20 bucks and then we'll we'll make a bracket on the spot and you just come in and compete, you know, and I was like, that's, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's going to work. You may have people, like two people show up. Yeah. Um, um, so ultimately, what do I want to do with the PGF? Um, I'd like to sell it. You know, uh, maybe not sell the sell the whole idea, but sell the rights to it to a distributor. Try to get it on fight. I, I would love for it to be on Fight Pass. Flow grappling. That um, we'll talk about it. I, I like the idea of flow grappling of PGF being hosted on Flow Grappling because they do such a great job of covering jujitsu. So it's like a they're like the ESPN of jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I don't like some of their business practices. I don't love their app. I don't like some, there's a lot of stuff they do that I'm not super into, but they do a great job, uh, particularly on like covering the sport of jujitsu and the culture and the scene of competitive jujitsu. And that I do like. And I think that they would do the best job, other than our own in house team, maybe, they would do the best job of actually covering the PGF and helping people to be into it during the week which i think is crucial so uh another another big aspect of the pgf for me was that i want look man everybody's got a tournament like a one weekend tournament we got an eight-man bracket we got a 16-man bracket ebi rules or ibjjf rules or whatever the rule set is and dude that's good those are just phenomenal tournaments most of them are a lot of some a few of them are phenomenal tournaments. Uh, but you only get the story for the competitors. You only get the story that develops maybe in the week leading up and then what happens during the tournament. And then you talk about it for one. If you're super into it, you talk about it for one day at practice the next week with your homies. And then that's a distant memory. Nobody even remembers it. But if you're a fan of, like, let's say Alabama football. I like to use this example. So we, we're here in the Roll Tide South. You know what I'm saying? Roll Tide. Roll Tide. And if you're an Alabama football fan, you can't even consider yourself an Alabama football fan if all you do is watch the game on Saturday. Like, you watch the game and you're fired up and you and all your friends are sitting there watching it. If that's the only time that you're into Alabama football, you're not an Alabama football fan. An Alabama football fan cares about Alabama football, not just on game day, but all week long, and not just during the season. They're following the recruiting in the offseason. They want to know who's going where. They they follow, um, you know, the high school players that are like sophomores and juniors (laughs) trying to figure out, you know, who's going where. And they call in, they talk about it on sports radio. It's a whole industry just around talking about and being a fan of Alabama football. Jiu-Jitsu has nothing like this. But by developing a season with the PGF, what we get to do is we get to see underdogs become a story. So like, let's take Evan Stapler and what he's done in the first three weeks of the PGF so far. This blue belt has submitted, submitted, in competition, two brown belts. Like, 
that makes all of a sudden he's the 12 seed that's upsetting the five seed, you know, and oh, is this guy going to make the make the final four? You know what I mean? Like, so there's an opportunity for me to pull for somebody. Oh, yeah. And people love that stuff. Like March Madness, you know, and you've got this like Cinderella team. March Madness is is the greatest sports event in the world yeah. is March Madness. It's bigger than the it's better than the Super Bowl. It's better than the World Series. It's better than a, than a UFC pay-per-view. March Madness as far as a sport is the number one sporting event in the world. Like you can get some ladies at your office that don't even like basketball to Watch fill out it. a bracket yeah. and pull for it. Yeah. You know, and so I wanted that's the idea with the fantasy league. So I want to I'm trying to create ways for people to be fans of the PGF and these grapplers all season long and maybe even in the off season. Like between season one and season two, it was just constantly me getting hit up by fans of the PGF. When season two, two. when season two. But what another thing that's amazingly complimentary to you is that um People that are not interested in jujitsu are watching the PGF because yes. there's a story. Yes. And because you can relate to the characters, the post fight interviews or the pre fight interviews are really like endearing you to those guys. And so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard lots of stories like, yeah, my wife is watching it with me. And like, she, you know, we only got halfway through. She won't let me finish watching it until she can sit down and watch it with me. So, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Uh, Marco Solo, Marco Solo says, "World Cup is the largest global sporting event." Okay, that's probably true. Yeah. But we're talking about sports that aren't boring. I know <laughs> it, it's. I know you don't want to hear it, but soccer's lame. I, but um, it's worldwide. I know. Famous. Listen, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying everybody else that likes soccer is wrong. So pretty much the whole world got it. Bingo. Nailed it. <laughs> now nah, I'm just not a big soccer fan, so I don't even, I don't even think about it. Like, so I am a big sports fan, and I don't know when the World Cup is or who's playing. I'll watch sports I don't care anything about, and I won't watch soccer. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, okay. So I like soccer. I used to coach soccer. Uh, I was a girls' high school coach for a couple of years. Played and a little soccer in high school yeah, yourself. Yeah, and so I've, like I said, I played it, I've coached it, so I can, I've had those exciting moments during soccer games and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely can see why people oh, listen, would, if, would love If you're watch. talking about something you're involved in, bro, I can get fired up about ping pong if me and you are playing ping pong, or if you and Keller are playing ping pong, I got a little money on it, yeah. like... I, mean, I can get, get fired, fired up, up about up. anything. Right. Well, we can play some air hockey, and we can go to ha- we can throw hands over it at the end if we need to. Okay. But if you're not involved in soccer, yeah, it's it's like jujitsu. Nobody but, wants to watch jujitsu if they don't train jujitsu. But uh, football's the same way. Like you'll have Mm-mm. these Alabama football players; they've never played football in their oh, entire yeah. life, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they lo- like they love to watch football. I don't I don't watch any sports hardly at all. I yeah. just want to play sports. You just want to dominate. You ain't got time to watch other people dominate. You're trying to hurt somebody. True. All right, I'm going to go to the next question here. This is Anthony Franklin, 9,000. He's a robot. A lot of people don't know that about Anthony Franklin, 9,000. Until you hear him say his name, then you're like, oh, yeah, you're obviously a robot. Uh, Did you guys ever argue about which one of you got to go to BJJ class and who got to stay home with the kids? Lindsay. Um, 
Well, okay. So in the very beginning, we were both going because we had babysitters. So our families live very close to us. So we had a tremendous amount of help, and we had regularly scheduled, like, one of the grandparents would watch them Tuesday night. One of them would watch them Thursday night. And so I got, you know, like, we would get to train, like, twice a week together. Um, Once we opened up the Tenth Planet Decatur, Brandon was teaching, and I was not teaching. So there was not really an argument about it because <laughs> I was not at the level that I needed to be teaching, and I didn't want to teach. So Brandon got to go whenever, you still don't like whenever to, there was a conflict. You still don't like to teach. Mm. Let's talk about it. Why not? Okay, so I am the kind of person that wants to join things that are already, like, organized. Like, I just want to show up and be like, I'm here. It's time to practice. Brandon likes to create things to organize, even though he hates organizing. But like, so I like to have the big idea. And then, yeah. So and this then. last year in 2020, I didn't get to do my dragon boat race. So I paddle on a dragon boat team. And I was very sad that I did not get to do my dragon is, boat race. What is dragon boat? Okay. So you've got um, 20 people that are paddling. And you've got a drummer that sits in the front that, like, sets the pace. They go like this. Yeah, you don't have the same pace throughout there. Anyway. And then you've got a, a, a steerer in the back. So he's got the rudder. And so you've got, um, I can't remember. I think we get, like, five boats at a time. And you race and just see who. It's 200 meters, I think. Um but anyway, so it's just a local, like our local community puts on a race every year. And my team dominates. Sorry, guys. Well, but. that's that's a cold fact. Uh, <laughs> tell them about the trip to China that you got to do. Yeah, so um, there's an organization in the next town over in Huntsville at one of the universities that um, is based out of China. So they teach the students, the university Chinese. And so they're really, you know, they like to participate in the dragon boat um, competition and stuff. And so they saw that our team was so dominant that they invited us to Shanghai. And so we got to um, compete in an amateur event in Shanghai. So the China brought us over, brought our team over. And it was amazing. It was so amazing. So I get to say that I'm an international competitor, professional, because we got some money, too. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Got an all-expenses paid trip to go to China and do your thing. But, but now, now though, uh, you're in uh, Joe Biden's cabinet because you're, you're friendly with China. So, but my, my whole point was that I didn't get to dragon, I didn't get to do the race last year. So Brandon was like, you didn't get to race. Let's start our own dragon boat team yeah. and let's have our own race. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. Like, I just want to go to practice. I want to show up and practice and then go home. So I don't like planning things out and organizing stuff. Brandon wants to like create this whole new let's do a professional grappling federation. Well just nobody yeah. yeah. I'm gonna do a better job than anybody. Oh else. nobody's doing it. I'll do it. That's you know. So yeah, I I feel like that kind of about teaching too. Like I just want to show it to practice and drill. I'm trying to be in charge of everything. Yeah. Let me see what this question is. Coming from a perpetually injured individual, this is relentless jujitsu panda. What are your thoughts on working through injury? And he, he's, there's further question there, but I can't see the whole thing. So, sorry. Oh, God. Now I've killed the whole thing. Jesus. Way to go. Oh, my God. Brandon, you idiot. Okay. Well. 
training through an injury. Yeah, training through an injury. Now I can't see anything. Um, yeah, what do you think think about training through injury? You're you're working through a little um, kind of mild injury right now. What do you think? So, the best solution would be to take time off the mat because it. <laughs> That's well, terrible I, idea. What, what I'm I'm telling you what the best is, not what All I right. do. While you talk so, to me, I'm going to try to um, fix this camera here. Okay, so it would be to take time off the mat because logically it's going to heal faster when you're not training on it, and you know you'll give it time to heal and it will heal properly. Um, but I do think that there are ways to train with an injury. So, like, I just injured my shoulder. So, a lot of the times I would go, you know, I would take, like, white and blue belts. And I'm like, no, I'm passing your guard. I'm practicing my passing. So, you're going to sit there and you're going to work on your guard and I'm going to work on passing. So, you know, I wouldn't have to use my shoulder and any kind of like pressure passing or anything, you know, just work on your outside stepping. So there are ways that you can still drill and stay sharp, I think, with an injury and be smart about it. But, you know, I would put my arm inside my rash guard and then just go. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't always have the best advice, but I got great advice on this. So first, let me open with do as I do now, not as I've done in the past. So I ne I don't want to say never. It's probably not true, but it's super rare for me to to leave the mat with uh feeling nicked up, banged up today these days because of the style that I train now. And I'm better than ever, but my my style of training and my style of how I roll is it has it's like a soft it's rough, like I'm uh I'll get on you and I'll give it to you. But I don't rough myself up in order to do this. Mm -hmm. I'll kind of move with your movement and kind of take what's offered to me. And then if you screw up, then you're in big trouble, right? You're pinned down and you're smushed and it's uncomfortable. But it's not uncomfortable to me. In the past, it was just just smashing my head through whatever yeah. was in front of me. And I did that all the way into my brown belt, just as hard as I can every night. And so now, even though I don't get injured and don't get hurt too much now, I am dealing with the consequences of that style of training in my body. So um, what I what I always say is, and it's, I guess it's kind of, at this point, it's kind of corny when I hear myself say it, but I think there's an important distinction here. You don't work through your injuries. You don't work around your injuries. You work with your injuries. So you have to learn to train in a way a, I'm still producing tremendous benefit for myself. And B, me and this injury are going to get better together. Okay? So we're train me and the injury are training together. Here's an example, or let me let me try to think of an example of what I mean by that. Uh, or maybe not even an example, just uh, the best way to get better at anything is to limit yourself. It's not to expand it's to limit. Mm -hmm. Let's think about uh, what's the best way. Why is boxing the best way to get better at throwing your hands for fighting? Why is that the best way? Because kicking is against the rules. Taking me down is against the rules. Technically, clinching is against the rules, even though they let them do it. Yeah, a lot. Um, but by not, okay, I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about this. I can just focus on this part. 
And so you become an expert at that one part. Now, does that make you limited if you if that expands over the long term? Yes, it does because boxers don't know how to kick. Boxers are easy to take down. Boxers are dead once they touch the ground. But if you try to stand in there and throw hands with a boxer, you're going to find out that you don't know how to fight as much as you think you do. Because they've, by limiting what they're allowed to do, they've actually expanded their skill set. Right? A specific skill set. Right. Why is jujitsu better at fighting on the ground than judo, even though it's basically the exact same thing? Because jujitsu focuses and limits not it's not technically limited but it's focused on the fighting that happens on the ground well why are judo guys so much better at jujitsu people at throwing even though it's the same sport because they limited the rule set to where you can only have a certain amount of time on the ground you can only do these certain things and so the way to maximize your your winning percentage or your chances of success in, in judo is to maximize being good on the feet. So the best way to expand is actually to limit, to give yourself tight boundaries, to give yourself a really small box to work within. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm going to train, I'm in, like Lindsay, I hurt my shoulder. Uh, Or I'll give you an example just from me. Like uh, last time I had a, a full knee surgery, like an ACL surgery, not a little scope or whatever, but like, oh man, I can't do stuff now. I got to spend like months doing rehab before I can train again. Well, as soon as I was able to move again, I came out on the mat and I laid down on the bottom of side control and I said, okay, uh, partner that I trust, I want you to go to side control. And then the rule, I want you to do whatever you're going to do. But the rule that I gave myself was my right knee is not allowed to touch the ground. So I'm not allowed to plant that. How can I learn to survive in this position, while somebody has total dominance, I can barely move. I'm not even allowed to put my knee on the, my foot on the ground to shrimp. What do I do? And by doing that, okay, so look. Here, did you tap I, a lot? Oh, dude, <laughs> a lot. How many times did you tap? A lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, more than, of course, right. right? It was just nonstop getting tapped and getting um, put in bad positions. And Did you get better? Yeah, like significantly better. And then when it came time to open my game back up when I was healed and I was ready to play, I had a brand new skill set that my injury gave me as a gift. Yeah, it's kind of like you were using leg weights for a while, and then finally you took the leg weights off and you're like, mm-hmm. boom. Yeah, that's, a, that's another example. So, yeah, I think actually the best way to expand yourself is to limit yourself, to give yourself tight boundaries. So sort of like how Jocko says uh, discipline is freedom. By being tight and disciplined, you actually set, your up, set yourself up for success over the long term, right? Discipline is the being disciplined and, and almost like rude to yourself is actually the way to be able to get whatever you want later because you'll do the hard work now. You do the hard work now. You learn to do hard work. And then when opportunities come your way, you'll be ready to capitalize on those. So, yeah, that's my advice. I don't train around my injuries. I don't train through my injuries. Me and my injuries get better together. I train with my injuries. 
What do you think? Is that a good answer? I think so. Yeah, that was a good answer, dude. We need to clip that out and put it on our JRE clips. All right, let's go into the next ones. So, guys, if you're in the comments, um, we'll get to those questions if we can, but the best way to make sure that your question gets seen and the best, the most likely scenario for us to actually read it is to put it there in the Instagram as an actual question. So I know if you're listening to the podcast, you're like, what are you talking about? How do I submit questions? You jump on the Instagram and you submit the question on the live Instagram. So you've been doing it the night before, right? In, yeah. On your story, any questions? And so that's where these are coming from. All right. This is Rob Rooney. Rob is one of my blue belts and one of my homies. He runs the Blue Dragon Dojo over in Southampton in the UK, down on the South Coast. And uh, he says... Can Lindsay tell us more about how she learnt her killing stroke? I like the way he spelled learnt. Learnt. Yeah. Like he's it, from Alabama. Yeah, it's like he's from Alabama, Even but he's Lawrence from County. England, and so it sounds fancier. Learnt. But the way I would read that is learnt. Can Lindsay tell us more about how she learnt her killing stroke? Uh, it was completely manufactured in the beginning, and and I, I have to I have to produce it like intentionally now. I. Because I actually find myself falling into more of the, especially now that I'm older, I'm 40, guys, um, of the, I do enjoy the gentle art, the flow, the let's use technique and and that kind of thing. And um, like I said, I'm I'm having to do that a lot more now that I'm, I want to train for a really, really long time. And so the killing stroke taxes my body. But anyway, so at Brown Belt, um, Actually, it was probably at the end of purple, uh, you know, Brandon was like, no, brown belts can put people away. Like you, you get a people. brown belt should be scary. You get people in dangerous positions, Lindsay, but, you know, you need to be putting these people away. You need to be capitalizing on these dominant positions that you can get into. And so, yeah, I just had to, I had to change my mindset. It's a different type of thinking like no I'm not letting this person get away like I'm going to submit them right now so it it it's for me it was a mindset and um being able to dominate that position and keep it controlled I can I could just focus in on all right we're putting them away now you know um so I said we like it was multiple people in there, but it's just me and myself. There are multiple but people. But I guess killing Lindsay's in there, you know, to talk her up. But yeah, for me, it, it, it was mostly a mindset. And like I said, I was I was pretty good at being able to get in the position and control it. All right, let's see how much power we have to put in to to actually put this person away. And it it ended up being a lot different than I thought it was going to be, because um, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, well, like, I feel like for my killing stroke, like, I have to pull a little bit of, um, like, okay, we got to put some muscle into this sometimes. You know, I, I use the technique to get to the position and to control the position, but people do not want to tap to girls. So I, I have oh, to, yeah, um, I, get what you mean. I have to <clears throat> show them a little bit of the bicep, you know, <laughs> got to flex a little bit. Do you, do you find that? People are freaked out when they feel like guys are freaked out when they feel how strong you are. Yeah, I do. Um, What's that like? So, like I said, you know, now I'm in my 40s. I have to train a little bit differently. So when visitors do come and I'm rolling with visitors and um, my 
and this is something that Brandon told me when I was rolling, and I think I we mentioned this in, in different podcasts, but the way that you initially touch someone at the beginning of a role usually will set the tone for that role. So especially with visitors who are either my size or a little bit bigger, uh, you know, I have a different kind of touch when we initially uh, engage. So and I have a really light touch. My grips are not like, I mean, they're firm grips, but they're not like death grips. And so I'm like, okay, this is how we're moving. I'm setting the tone for this. And so this is uh, this is our momentum. And so I'll get in a good position where I can put them away. And uh, a lot of times I won't capitalize on that. And I know y'all may have all kinds of opinions on that. I don't really care. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you're my favorite. But so I won't put them away. And the reason is because. I don't know them, and so a lot of guys, if they are put away by a girl, will come back after that tap ten times harder. And so I'm trying to preserve my body. I know that I got you, and you know it too, because you had to bench press me across the room to get out of it. So um, I don't feel like I have to you know, when I get in that dominant position, like now I don't feel like I have to like squeeze it. I'm like, no, I know I was there. Yeah. And you have you the technical, to... you have the technical prowess and the history with your own uh, success to know. Right. But yes. Yeah, so I, it, it, the unknown and trying to protect my body, like, I don't know if that guy's going to come after me. You know, he's mad that I tapped him. He's going to come after me at 70, 90%, you know, <laughs> so I don't want to deal with that. I got five more rounds that I got to go. So we both know. Yeah. You know, uh, you got another female black belt in the comments here. Oh, this is awesome. Jean, uh, she's a black belt under Puccio, June Redhead. Oh, awesome. So she's always joining in and uh, supporting. Appreciate that. Love you. Um, you know, I don't think that's unique. What you're talking about is unique, though, to females. Okay. <clears throat> I'll give you an example just from Tuesday night. So Tuesday night, we had a visiting black belt, visiting brown, black Great dudes, so I have zero um, uh, criticisms to those guys. They were great. They were great training partners. But so the black belt, he's a big, strong guy, mm -hmm. been around the game a long time, you know, much, much bigger and stronger than me, submitted him with a triangle pretty early in the round, and then here he comes. He didn't right? like it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he was coming pretty hard to start with, so I put it, you know, yeah, redirect, all right, Popped this sneaky little triangle in on him. Didn't see it coming. Got caught. It, it felt like one of those where, oh, I got caught by a trick. He's like, bet I won't get caught by a trick again. Right. And so here he comes. <clears throat> and uh, swept, then I swept him. He was a tough guy. I swept him. I mounted him. And here comes the, oh, well, I can't, I can't get out, and so I'm going to try to throw you across the room. And he took me off the mount, and he just bench pressed me and threw me across the room as hard as he could. And I ended up losing the mount, and then I got back in there. I triangled him again. But so I don't think that what I'm saying is I don't think that that right. situation is unique to a woman. Like that situation also happens with a smaller guy. So yeah. you know I'm not small. I'm like 175, 180 uh, right now. I need to be a little smaller than that. But uh, you know 180 pounds versus a 230 pound black belt. Yeah, it's a big deal. They they're not they're not interested in this little kid throwing them around. No. Or or beating them or whatever. So, yeah, I think that that's 
I think that that's just part of the human experience. Like, no, no, I can't let this person push me around. I can't let this person beat me. No matter. And I think you need that. So I don't even want to criticize that reaction from no. from the man or from the larger. And I had it the other day with Fobby when Fobby and I rolled. <laughs> what do you mean? She tapped me with the armbar, and I was like, "Okay, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I'm going to try to choke her." So. Yeah, I tried to avoid that reaction. Now I did. Well, uh, I did that. It just comes up. Sorry, I Bobby. was rolling. <laughs> so there was a really, uh, a really good. I won't tell you who it was, but we had a really good person here training a couple of weeks ago, and I. Uh, we got into a position where it was sort of like a leg lock trade-off, right? And he had me in a straight ankle lock. Okay. Or No, no, sorry. We were in the truck, and he was trying to calf crush me, and I got these big old meaty calves, girl. And for whatever reason, I just don't have – I can't remember ever even feeling pain on a calf crush from the truck. Like, it's super hard to – to make me even like respect it. Now I get taps with it all the time. I use the technique, but it's, you know, some people like, Oh my God, I put that guy in a Kimura and he never tapped. But some people just get their shoulders, Uh, do things. And some people, wasn't that his name? Yeah. Uh, you at CJJ the other night. If you haven't seen that, he just let a Kimura go. He just, and he didn't even care. He didn't even react to it. So some people, my thing like that is calf crushes. Like, like, uh, I don't, I just don't, feel like you're going to be able to tap me with one. So anyway, this guy's got me in a calf crush mm-hmm. from the truck. And I've got a sneaky little trick. And I've tapped a bunch of black belts with this, a bunch of 10th Planet black belts. When they, I'll bait the truck and I'll, then I'll show the calf crush because it opens up, a, I call it a, I call this move the career ender. It's like an inside <laughs> heel hook that you do against the guy who's trying to calf crush you. And he can't really, he can't really stop it. Like if, if you go like ham committed to the calf crush, mm-hmm. this is right there. But what happened was he was going for the calf crush and he was going after it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I got him. And I went and grabbed on this heel hook on the career ender and I started pulling down on it. And then he started going harder on the calf crush. Like, so it became, <laughs> it became a standoff. Like, right. oh, who's going to go out first? But I've got the more dangerous technique, even though it's unorthodox, you don't really see it. It's so anyway... I was, he, he just kept bearing down harder on the calf crush. And I was like, oh yeah. And I, so I started going harder on the heel hook and I popped his knee Mm. and I went, dude, I was, I'm still, I'm upset at myself about that because that's not the example that I intend to leave. What I should have done is I should have tapped and not, and not, yeah, I should have tapped Okay. and not said anything about it and been like, you got, you got one over on me. Yeah. And I should have let that be an opportunity for me to, because it was just training. Right. And so I made a mistake there and, and I didn't follow my own principles right there. And so I've been upset about my, I've I've been upset with myself about that actually. Mm, I Um, get it. I mean, especially thinking about like thinking about it later and just keep thinking about it. So yeah, that's the way I try, that I want to behave, but I'm not perfect, dude. Sometimes I'm trying to break a dude's leg, you know, like I'm bad. I'm a bad person, I guess, but. Yeah, I mean, I guess I am a bad person. I've been getting, like, Brandon, you're an idiot. Brandon, you're a moron. Like, more than anything I've ever said over uh, that sock lock situation. Like, where the guy blew up the sock, the guy's, where he blew oh, up Plasio's foot with the sock lock. Because you think that I'm an idiot because move. I don't think that it was, that it was uh, oh. egregious. Oh. 
like I think that you're supposed to try to break somebody in if competition. If it's egregious, then it needs to be illegal. Yeah, I, anyway, right. we talked about this last okay, week, but yeah, it blows my mind that I just feel like the jiu-jitsu community has softened underneath me while I wasn't looking. That's somehow. why it's the killing season right now, right? That is, yes, that is. It got me fired up, and it, it brought on the killing season. It, it pushed the dial to the back, and now we're in killing season for months because of this. I asked him the other day. I was like, so, like, when this is over, are we going back to the dial? So, yeah. And yeah. what I mean by that is, like, Brandon will listen to it on audio, like, on YouTube. Yeah, I meditate and, so and study it. I have to listen to the Dow, and he quotes it mm -hmm. a lot. So mm -hmm. the students listen to the Dow, too. Mm -hmm. It's important. <laughs> so I just needed to know, like, if the Dow was coming. I wanted yeah. to be, what did I say? I'm preparing for the coming of the Dow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the coming of the great one. Uh, yeah. I'm not like a Taoist or anything. I just find that it's a, it's a lot of practical and useful wisdom, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's almost it's almost uh, it's killing season right now. I don't know when the day. It's not up to me when it comes when the killing season uh, oh, you just, waxes and wanes. Oh, okay. It just it comes I, in that regard. I let the Dow flow through me. Like, oh, it's okay. killing season right now. So <laughs> the does Dow the Dow have it. an aggression part to it? Well, only if there's a non-aggression part. Okay. If there is aggression, there's equal parts non-aggression. Okay. You know, so uh, one of the things it says in the Dow is that you learn the male, but you stick to the female. Like, you, you're uh, capable. So you, like, yeah. learn the aggression, but then you. Yeah, so. You're capable of great violence, but you're not a man of violence. Ooh, it's like that quote that's like, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah, I like it, that one. It is, it is like that, right? Uh, you, like being harmless and being peaceful are not the same thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, You're trying to teach Logan that the other day. You're like... They're, they're not the same. Like someone who is harmless, they have no choice but to be harmless. They are not capable of, of, harm. of harm. They're not capable of creating violence and handling this situation in an aggressive way. And so there, and so there's no choice. Cho there's no yeah. choice in it. But someone who's capable of hurting somebody and chooses not to, this is a man of peace. Mm -hmm. Like I had the choice. I could have killed you. I could have hurt you right here. And I, I could have been a man of war in this situation, but that's not who I am. I'm a man of peace who's capable of creating violence when the situation dictates it. Do you talk to yourself like that, like in road rage situations? Like, I could kill you, but I choose not to. No, I'd just be I saying choose, some dirty words as long as nobody's in the car with me. I choose to be a person of peace. Well, I never have killed anybody in a road rage incident. So you are. I've never tried to then. pull. I've never tried to pull anybody over or anything like that. Somebody's tried to pull me over before, and I agreed. And then they just they Kept didn't. Going. They never stopped, so it mm. didn't become that. Yeah, uh, I know. I don't personally know this guy, but there was a Tenth Planet black belt that killed a guy in a road rage incident. That's a true story. Yeah, up in Oregon, crazy. Uh, anyway, he turned out to be crazy on a lot of levels there's a lot of crazy things that happen in oregon we've been watching some documentaries on talk uh, to netflix me. talk to me so, about these crazy folks in oregon phil schwartz is the so, king of the crazies 
But no, I don't know the names of us. But so Wild Wild Country was the cult where so it started in India and they bought a bunch of land in Oregon and then they started trying to take over the government. Like they took over the little city government that was close by and then they tried to get into the state government. And then uh, and they were doing some crazy things out there. And then the Heaven's Gate uh, cult was in Oregon, too. And we yeah, love to watch uh, documentaries together. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll get on one. Like serial killers yeah. <laughs> and cults. Listen, if you want to see a great documentary about crazy people and about, like, it, it just it boggles wow. the mind how, how easy it is to manipulate a human. You've got to get on HBO Max and watch the Heaven's Gate documentary. It's a four-part series about you just Heaven's Gate. Go, what in the world? What? I mean, straight out the gate, they're crazy from the first. Yeah, I mean, there the was first no five hiding. Minutes. It wasn't like, hey, we're normal. Come on in, then we'll show you our crazy. It was like, let's have a meeting, and I will show you how crazy I am. You should follow me, and these people will be like, okay, yeah. You know, to me, it's a testament to how lost most people are and how much we're craving for somebody that knows, you know, like that's a lot of what religion is about is like, uh, I need a leader. I need, or I need somebody, somebody out there knows what's going on. Somebody has a plan. It's no human, but it's somebody. And that's the, there's a comfort that comes from knowing that some I just trust that this person knows what's going on because I don't, you know, and. Well, and what's crazy is a lot of these people are pretty well educated. They're like architects. Yeah, doctors, engineers. Like uh, I know the David Koresh, the Waco thing, they had a lawyer in there, too. Like that was like his number two guy was he was a a lawyer for real. And so, I mean, these people are well, well educated, but I just think that there's something missing in their lives. Like they don't have community because, you know, us as jujitsu people, we find our community in the gym a lot of times. And so, um, you know, these people are searching for, I think that's the most important part of what we do, to be honest with you, is, is that we've built, we build tribe. Yeah. Everybody needs tribe, man. Yeah. And I think what's super important and what we've built here in Decatur is like you can be whoever you want to be and you, you're still a part of the group and you can still be like, we love you and you go be your weird self and oh, well, you know, good job. You were super weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, what you a, know, what a, what a, what a weirdo. <laughs> we love Way you. Way to go, bud. <laughs> but I, you know, I always like, you know, when we were going, I came up going to church camp, this place called Maywood Christian Camp. And man, it was my favorite part of the year. That week was my favorite part of the year every single year. Like I would think about it all year and just get excited. And um, yeah, but, but one, one looking that... back, the, the thing that I loved, that's two things that I loved about it. The tribe, the community, the just being there with all those people was just so much fun. You know, just take the religion and all of that stuff out of it. It's just it was fun. Try it's a great time. But then as I started to move into a leadership role, instead of just being one of the campers, I was one of the counselors and I was, you know, trying to help the kids and stuff. I found tremendous joy in those. You know, some of us just don't fit in, man. Some of us just don't fit in, and man, you don't fit in at school. You don't. You don't even fit in with your own family. You don't fit in with your friends, but there's a place where you can go 
and you can be a superstar here. Yeah. And so I always found a tremendous sense of like joy in taking somebody who, man, I know, I know what it's like outside of here for you. Oh yeah. And making that guy a superstar for that one little week, you Mm -hmm. know, I think that was the most important thing that you guys did. And it was like the most popular guys at camp would take that one kid that was a complete dork in every aspect of his life and found something that he liked to do. And it was like, you should do that at the talent show. And then it didn't matter how terrible it was. It was like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah. It became a celebration of how, of your, uh, like your weirdness. Yeah. Like not not only like we're celebrating with you. Like yes. Yeah. We're we'll all we be are, weird. <laughs> we are here for that. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the most important thing that we do here, and it's the part that I'm the most proud of about our school. Like I'm proud of our jujitsu. My jujitsu is phenomenal. Listen, I'm good at jujitsu, and my black belts are really good at jujitsu. Oh, sorry. Uh, so yeah, like we're good, but that's not the part that that makes me feel the most proud. The part that makes me feel the most proud is that you can belong here. Like if you're if you're willing to get in here and do the hard work and be kind, you yeah. can belong here no matter no matter what you're like, you know. So, all right, let's let's move on to the next question here. This is Justin granted. What would you tell the teenage you? That's a, man, I don't know. You know, I think a lot of people wish that they could go back and start jujitsu a lot earlier. Um, But now that we have teenagers, I don't know that that is the best solution. Um, Because teenagers take, like, those things that come so easily, they take those things for granted. So, like, our, our two kids... Logan trains our daughter trains and our son has chosen to like stop training for right now I think he'll come back to it later but he's he's been around a um, little bit recently yeah but you don't appreciate those things like oh both of my parents are black belts and they have the only 10th or you know one of the only 10th planet schools in the southeast like they don't realize that that should be super awesome and super cool they're like oh that's just mom and dad like oh we're gonna go do jujitsu again like oh we're going to the gym again oh i work at the gym right you never had a you never had to work at kfc dude you don't understand how dope it is to work at the gym right so i think you know when you're young and those things come so easily like you don't appreciate them so i think maybe if I would have started jujitsu earlier, I don't know that I would still be in it. I don't know. I wouldn't have stayed with it if if I didn't feel the peer pressure from you. It was too. I was a quitter at that time in my life. Mm. You know, like hard things. I wouldn't run from them, but I would collapse under them mm. eventually. And so when I started, if I had not had the peer pressure of, I mean, you're you don't quit, you know, and. uh yeah. Just knowing that you were pulling for me and that we're going to be able to do it together. So, yeah, if I would have started as a teenager, I don't think I would have stayed with it either. I was just I was too lazy and I was too big of a quitter at that time in my life. Uh, yeah. You were just interested in other things like you weren't necessarily a quitter. Like, no, I was a quitter. Like yeah. when like when I would have folded. For With sure. jiu-jitsu? Yeah, for sure. It was too hard. Because you loved basketball, and I mean, it injured Basket- you. And... Yeah, but it's because I loved it, though. Yeah. 
you just weren't in love with jujitsu yet. That's like why you're saying you would quit it. Yeah. Because you hadn't fallen in love with it yet. Yeah, that's right. I didn't understand. I, I didn't know. understand like, the value. I think I would tell myself like just maybe more some like just general things like, hey, just start being like kind to people like, you know, um, and and maybe me too. Like I was, I am super introverted. You guys may not like that may not come across on, on the video, but I am not a talker. And so, you know, uh, I probably would have been like, Hey, just start trying new things. See what you like. There's so many things out there. You know, you don't have to just stick with like these certain pads. You can go do anything you want. Cause I was just of the mindset, like, no, I've got everything planned out. This is how it's going to be. And you know, it doesn't always end up that way. Uh, I don't think I would have changed. I don't think I would go back and tell my teenage self to do anything differently. I was really lucky that I had a great, I had great parents, great family life, and I got in. You know, your group of friends is super important, especially as a teenager, and helping to de- you to develop into who you are going to be. And I was really lucky that. You know, even though I don't subscribe to these things now, I'm not involved with a church or with religion anymore. I did get involved with that. And I'm talking about in a super heavy way as a teenager. I was all the way in. And I had a positive peer pressure. And so uh, the decisions that I, like I never drank coming up, you know, I was, you know, I behaved myself. I did mostly what I was told to do. And luckily... For me, the group that I was around, they were doing, the peer pressure was in a positive direction. And so a lot of the things that I'm most proud of about myself now are things that I got from being around those kind of folks when I was a teenager. And so, again, even though, you know, I'm, I'm basically the same exact person as far as who I am and my qualities and my characteristics, but I approach them. I do those things for a different reason now, I guess, you know, I don't, it's not because I'm scared I'm going to go to hell anymore or, you know, (laughs) or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been very proud of the, like who I was as a teenager has, has been real formative and helping me to become who I, and I'm proud of who I am now. And so, yeah, I wouldn't change anything if I'm being honest. I'm not even trying to be like, oh, no regrets. Like, there's definitely like a couple little situations that I should have handled. Would you have played basketball? Like, if you knew yeah, what it was going to sure. do with your knees and stuff like that? Yeah. And the, okay. Well, I learned how to learn. Was That was my first thing that taught me how to learn. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to learn how to learn in school. Right. Right. Uh, basketball, the, the obsessions and the hot, like, not even hobbies, the obsessions that I've had have taught me how to learn. So basketball is the first thing that I tried to learn because I wasn't very skilled, you know. I wasn't very athletic. But I was obsessed enough that I got good enough to be on the court with everybody, you know. Right. And so – and then I moved on and played music, and then I became obsessed with that, and I learned even more deeply how to learn. And music really has been the best educator that I've ever had. Oh, something I would tell teenage you, don't get hit in the head so much. Okay, that's good advice. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a lot of concussions. I, I, you know, it's, uh, we'll talk. Just, well, I, I would put a helmet on you. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, you know, it's a, it's a topic that comes up in MMA and in football a lot now is CTE and brain damage and, you know, head trauma. I mean, 
you know, it's not a comfortable thing to say, but I'm definitely suffering from some of those things now. Like my memory has, uh, it fails me a lot and I'm more emotional, you know, like, so yeah, I'm definitely dealing with some of the, the head trauma repercussions. I'm probably going to be a vegetable in the next two or three years. So let's just live it up, baby, while I still can. Woo! Woo! So yeah, that's, that's probably good advice. Your phone's about to die. Yeah, we're not going to make it much longer okay. on the Instagram part. I got to go to the gym. All right, let's take, um, let's do one more question, and then we'll bounce out of here. One more question. Oh man, there's a bunch. Oh my God, you there's told so many questions. To go yeah. Into, submit the questions. Um, okay, we'll go with this one. I'll answer that. I got one more after this. Jackson Spry, what's up, Jackson? Jackson's one of my favorite students. I know I'm not supposed to have favorites. One of them. But Jackson is one of my favorites, yeah. He's not my number one favorite. You're putting your hand right in my right in my face there. Listen. The people want to see I'm, my face. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't want to see your face. They want you to get, get off of here. They don't want the Brandon and Lindsay podcast. They want the Brandon podcast. Come back. I was just kidding. Okay. Jackson said, will the PGF Finals winner get a belt? I think a playoff ring would be cool for the winner. Uh, funny enough, yes. This the year, belt. there will be a belt, and it's being provided by UFC superstar Julian Marquez. So Julian has actually uh, paid for the belt that the PGF tournament winner is going to get. I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be dope. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Julian is a huge, huge, huge fan of the PGF, and, which is uh, really yeah. super cool. All right, and then this is definitely the last question here. Steven Schnell are there any martial arts outside of jiu-jitsu that have helped your jiu-jitsu game? Lindsay. Um, so we are black belts in Tongsudo Mudokwan, which is a Korean martial art. And um, so we had one instructor that would do what he called like one-step sparring or um, it was a lot of the like it, – it's – like grips like switching your grips and stuff and like fanning your hand and repositioning your grips and you know causing the their grip to become your grip i think that's the main thing that i, I still use is being able to circle my hands and um reestablish grips oh that's a great answer um i love martial arts jujitsu is my favorite martial art but i've studied striking i've studied wrestling i boxed a little bit in college like just with some guys who were boxing i was a sparring dummy for them mm-hmm. uh you know that was before i even started jujitsu uh but the number one martial art that has helped me is one that i've actually only been to one class of and it did, the class did not help me the class is a great story that we'll tell sometime <laughs> uh but just reading about tai chi I love the ideas of Tai Chi. I think the principles of Tai Chi are what jiu-jitsu is supposed to be, right? But, but Tai Chi doesn't come with the practical martial application. It's like a deep study in the art and the philosophy of, fi- of what a warrior, how a warrior should stand, how a warrior should root into the ground. So I've actually, there's a guy named William C C Chen C H E N. So it's William C dot C dot Chen. And he's got a couple of essays. He's a, I think he's like in his eighties or nineties now, but he's got a couple of essays on the internet that you can go and look up and just read and study from. I think there's a tremendous amount 
of a value in learning about Tai Chi. I don't think there's very much, if any, there may be there may be no practical skill application like this move from Tai Chi work. I don't I can't think of one thing in that regard. But as far as the philosophy and learning how to stand properly and how to root yourself into the ground and like why that even matters. Like what how to relax, how to flow and move with your opponent's energy. I, I would just I would at this point say that those things are not just helpful, but they're foundational to the way that I understand martial arts. So look, I'm not telling you to go take Tai Chi class. I am not telling you that. Like, you know, if you're old and you're not trying to do combat, there's a lot of beauty and a lot of value. There's there's reasons to take Tai Chi. There are reasons, but they are not for fighting. Like there are no reason to take Tai Chi. If you're so, trying to fight. Yeah. So guys, remind us, we took a Tai Chi class. We'll have to tell you about Dude, it. <laughs> I can't wait to tell y'all that story. That I, I feel like y'all need to be here to physically watch us tell that story. Uh, so they need to watch it on Instagram. Yeah, but uh, we'll have to be like out on oh, the floor. Like yeah, we'll, so have, we need, we'll need a help. We need yeah. a cameraman for this one. But let me tell you, dude, that that was one of the funniest experience. We might need the Elkins here to laugh while we tell that story as well. <laughs> Who? Here's a question. I got a question for you, Lindsay. Who, because we're going to start taking guests in the next couple of weeks, who should be a couple of our first guests um, on the Brandon and Lindsay Have a Podcast now? Joe Kai said something the other day about he was interested in coming to see Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think Lonnie Jones is my first okay, guest. Yeah. That would be. And then the awesome Elkins episode. boys at the yeah. same time oh are, are pretty close behind. That's going to be a long episode. I can't we'll wait. We'll be laughing a lot. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks for joining, guys. Make sure you like, subscribe. Um, we're actually, we just hired, um, or we just expanded and gave a raise to one of our media team members. We're going to be taking clips of the podcasts, just like the JRE clips, and posting them out on YouTube and out to Instagram and stuff. So you're going to be able to get a lot of this content and material in bite-sized bites. So like just yeah. one question at a time or one funny thing that Lindsay said at a time. So make sure you subscribe to me on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to Lindsay. It's Lindsay McCatherine on Instagram. You definitely want to be on the YouTube channel and subscribe there. And if you are just interested in picking up some actual jujitsu, practical jujitsu application and instruction from me, go to www.brandonmc.ninja. I've got free courses. I've got cheap courses. I've got expensive courses. And I've got... Um, like an arc, we call it, I call it the Jedi archive. It's all of my classes from back to Brown Belt are on there. A lot of stuff. It's ton, and sem, tons of seminars, stuff like that. So if you're interested in actually learning jujitsu from me, that's the move. www.brandonmc.ninja. We're really thankful to you guys. I really enjoy this. Is, yeah, this is my fun. new favorite thing that I'm doing. Uh, I just like to get to spend, like, I just like to spend time with you, to be I honest with you. That's with why you I like too. doing it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Y'all take it easy.